Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi there. We are back. We've been on the road. We are back at Bear Lake today. Beautiful Bear Lake. It's gorgeous here. You know, Linda, what I love about doing radio shows as opposed to TV shows is that you can do them in your pajamas. Now, I'm not suggesting that I'm still in my pajamas. No, of course um, not. But I am out in the sun, and it's a gorgeous day. And don't you love summertime? Isn't summertime the best time of all for families and get-togethers and visiting friends and people that you love? I mean... How come the summer's so short? That's what I want to know. I don't know. And now uh, that we're into August, it's sad because some people think summer's over. When we were kids, summer lasted until September 1st. But now it's so different. What is up with that? Why do schools start? Why do schools start? We've got kids in Arizona. They start the August second week. Sixth. Oh, no, August, August 6th. 6th this year. That's wrong. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. It is. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But anyway, we're glad it's still summer for a little while. I mean, we welcome fall when it gets here, and and uh, we love that too. But, wow, we love summer. It's just such a great, great time. We really do. And we thought since, it's, uh, since fall is coming, we thought we might just talk today about the autumn of life, that time when, you know, you start getting past the halfway mark. <laughs> Right. And you start thinking about grandkids instead of kids. And and if you're a younger person, then you might have to deal with the grandparent of your children who may be trying to spoil your kids. And so this is a this is a topic relevant to everyone regardless of what your age is, but we wanted to call today's show um grandparenting and life in full. And you might uh, wonder, why would we choose that name? And the reason is, we're kind of happy today. We've got a brand new book out, and that's the title of it, Life in Full. Did you know it's actually available now, Linda, on Amazon? I don't even think you knew that. It's been available now for two days. Well, wait, wait. Maybe it's on there, but maybe they can't actually ship it for two more days, something like that. But at any rate, it's printed. It's done. We're so happy. It's like... When you finish a book and you finally see it in print, I don't know. I was going to say it's a little like having a baby, but maybe that's maybe that's a little going a little too far. I don't quite feel the same exhilaration on that, but it really is a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing to have it done and out, and then you got to do the marketing and the hard stuff. But um, we are kind of past that. We kind of throw out those books and. Whatever happens, happens, right? <laughs> well, we figure that's the publisher's job, but but let me tell you why we titled it that, and then let's let's make today's show all about this this wonderful sort of thing that we sometimes call extended families, where you got kids, you got parents, and you got grandparents. And as many listeners know, in most parts of the world, those three generations usually live together in the same house. We're 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 a little unique in America, and I'm not sure it's good. I mean, it's probably a mixed bag that uh, most households in this country just have two generations, parents and kids. The grandparents live somewhere else. They live in their old house, or they live in the retirement center, or they they live somewhere else. But in most of the world, the three generations live together, and I might add... This will make some of 
the oldsters listening think maybe they should move. Uh, in most parts of the world, it's the grandparents who are really in charge. They're the patriarch and the matriarch. They're the ones that make the decisions. They're the ones that the kids and grandkids go to for advice and counsel. Unlike in so many cases in America where the grandparents are the ones that are kind of put out to pasture, ignored. I mean, what good could they be? They're old. We worship youth in this country. Old people are just on the scrap heap, blah, blah, blah. Well, don't you believe it because... Our whole view is that uh, life really doesn't get full until you're a grandparent. I mean, it's kind of full when you're a parent. It's full of a lot of hassle and a lot of running around and a lot of upward mobile um, ladder climbing and everything. But when you hit grandparenting, that's when life really starts, right, Linda? And (laughs) And by the way, 65 is the new 45, in case you've been wondering. Most 65-year-olds still have another 20 good years, and they need to start asking themselves, what am I going to do with these next 20 years? You know, this baby boomer generation, Linda, 80 million Americans are baby boomers. That means that they are right now in either their 50s or their 60s. And um, man, oh, man, there's a lot of thinking going on out there. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Should I retire? Should I keep working? How should I handle my my family? Should I try to spend more time with the grandkids? What should my priorities be? How do I take care of my health? How do I take care of any wealth I might have so I don't run out and become a burden on other people? There are a lot of questions for baby boomers. And of course, we answered all of them perfectly in our book, right? Oh, honey? of course, of course. You know, I I have been thinking a lot about this this weekend because I just had a little uh, get together for some of my high school friends last night because we are up at Bear Lake, which is where I graduated from high school, and it is this really dates me, but it is our 50-year reunion tonight. It kills me to think that it has been 50 years since I graduated from high school. That's yeah, but you were only 12 time. when you graduated from high yeah, school. Yeah, I was. So I accelerated. I did accelerate right through. Yeah, and so I graduated <laughs> when I was 12. But um, it really is pretty amazing. Um, these friends were talking through life, and for some of them, they're in an entirely different place than they thought they would be. Um, sadly, one of them's um, husband just passed away last year. And so she's living a new life. And then the other's husband just had a stroke, and he's really debilitated, and uh, she is to care 24-7. And so that does add a little pale to your life when your health um, fails you or your spouse leaves you it re- well, for one reason or another. It, it does leave you with a whole different paradigm. But Well, and, and that's probably why... You know, I mean, when you're authors and you're writing a book for a certain age group, one of the first things you do is check out what other books are out there. And it won't surprise a lot of your listeners to know that most of the books that are that are and have been written for the baby boomer generation are about one of two things. They're either about health, how to keep yourself going, how to how to be healthy in your senior years, or they're about wealth how to be sure you have enough to retire on, and so on. And and that's good. Those are two important subjects, no doubt about it. That is not 
as some of you longtime listeners might guess, that is not the focus of our new book, Life in Full. The focus of our book is relationships. Now, we have a chapter on health, we have a chapter on wealth, and they're very important chapters, but they're, but we see them in the paradigm that those things are the means to the end. In other words, having your health is great, and it's a worthy thing to work for, but it's not the final goal. It's it's the means to the goal. It's It facilitates the goal. Ha- having enough money to not have to be dependent on someone else, that's a great thing, but it's not the end. It's the means to the end. So what is the end in our mind? The end is our relationships. The end is our families. The end is the relationships we have with our children, with our grandchildren, with our siblings, with our nieces and nephews, with with, with all this wonderful, complicated thing that we call a family, an extended family. And, 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 you know, if you start there, if that's, if you begin with the end in mind, so to speak, and say, you know, my real goal is over the next 20 years is to be a help and a steward and a, a, a facilitator and a champion for my grandkids, for my, for my children and so on. That's the goal. That's the, that's the, the objective. That's the end then that kind of thinking leads you, and that's what we've tried to do in this new book, it leads you to, okay, what do I have to do if I want to be a useful, um, reliable, relevant uh, patriarch or matriarch in my family? What do I have to do? And that leads you to, well, I better take care of myself in terms of my health. I better be sure I'm investing wisely. I better be sure that I have a good attitude. I better be sure that I have some infrastructure in our family where we get together for reunions and where we mentor each other and we consult with each other and so on. And I, I don't know how you feel, Linda. I'm sure you agree, but you probably got a little different slant on it, that, that the whole thing that makes the difference is to be clear in your mind, why do you want to live another good, solid 20 or 30 years? And if the answer is to serve the stewardship of my family, that, I think, leads you in all the right directions as far as how to take care of yourself. Well, and you also have to realize that what you're doing now is your legacy when you leave. I mean, it really is so, it's so hard to live in the moment and, and yet at the same time realize that what you're doing now with your children, your grandchildren, is going to be your story for the rest of your life. It's the legacy that you leave for them, what you teach them, what you model for them, uh, what you give to them or don't give to them, um, it really is a, so important to think about. And you know, I'm just looking on Amazon um, as you're talking, and and it it is on Amazon, but it's actually not released until August 4th. But you can pre-order. Oh, August 4th. Um, so that's interesting. The the to- the one at the top when you go to Life in Full. I just typed in Life in Full. And it, it, on Amazon, you mean? On Amazon, just, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because this shows Jimmy Carter. He's just done a new book called A Full Life. Oh, that darn Jimmy Reflections Carter. Reflections at 90. Oh, no. I would he love to read that. He took our title. No. And, uh, he, he plagiarized our title. <laughs> no, it's A Full Life, not Life in Full, but oh, okay. A Full Life, Reflections at 90. I mean, can you believe Jimmy Carter is 90 years old? Wow. But, you know, what a legacy ha- he has. 
I mean, some good and some bad, just like all of our Well, you know, here's the thing about, I didn't know you were going to bring him up, but Jimmy Carter, to me, is is an amazing example of someone who who is much better at being a former president than he was at being the president. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm serious about that. I agree. Think what he's done since the presidency. He's written a lot of great books, some of them with a lot of spiritual content. He's... He's been an ambassador. He's helped with peace agreements. I mean, man, we need more guys like him. I hope he lives another 10 years. I hope he does, too. We think that both of them are just stellar people. They're really amazing. Hey, and here's the thing. Maybe maybe everybody who goes online and sees Jimmy Carter's book on Amazon, they'll right under it, they'll see Life in Full, and they say, oh, I might as well just get this one while I'm at it. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> um, this is so funny to read down through this because the book, True or Three Down, is called A Life Full of Holes. Oh. I wonder, I'd, <laughs> I what's, wonder what's what that's about. <laughs> hey, by the way, honey, I'm sitting out here in the sun without my... You're going to keep track and tell me when we're 13 minutes past the yeah, hour I got so it. we can take a break. How in much... fact, we are at 13 right now. We are? Well, let's take a little break, and then when we come back, we want to share with you some little snippets of what we think makes up a life in full. We'll be right back. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Uh, we're up at Bear Lake, if you're just tuning in, and talking about a new book of ours that just came out, or is coming out next week, August 4th, uh, called Life in Full. Well, and I think that uh, one reason that we're talking about that is we're sort of in the aftermath of our family reunion and we're we're exhausted linda we're 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 totally we're totally shot i mean having all those grandkids around here for most of the month of july not all of them at once but all of them at once for a little while except for one family that is in europe and couldn't make it but i'm telling you whoo i'm tired and uh one of the things i think that grandparents need to learn is that you know, you have an opportunity you didn't have when you were a parent, and that is that you can come in and out. You can you can come in to your grandkids' life and take them for the day or take them to a movie or do something with them or spell off your poor kids who need a break or the parents or whatever, and you can do it and gear up for it, you know, be ready, be, have your energy up, and then... And then when you're done, you can go home and you can relax a little bit until the next encounter. You know, it's so funny because we just went to the doctor yesterday. Um, Richard's feet were swollen up. <laughs> Not to share intimate details, but um, he was <laughs> kind of worried about that. And he just been on his feet too long, I guess. But I was saying to the doctor, I am tired. I'm never tired, but I have been so tired. I've taken naps three days in a row. That is a record for me. And he said, well, what's been going on? And then I realized <laughs> we've been taking care of between... 30 and 45 people all summer, well, for about six weeks. Not personally, because the kids do the cooking and they do the organizing and all that. But it is, uh, it's just tiring. You get tired. And I'm sure some of you grandparents <laughs> out there are glad to hear that because um, it is Not a you. big it job. Goes, it goes with the territory. It does. And 
absolutely wild. In fact, I loved being with I love being with the kids though, and I I do get a little special time with them, just an uh, evening, an overnight, and a morning with different groups. We have four different groups that well, we have more yeah, than that. Linda, but Linda once they're five, they come into Grammy Camp and Grammy Camps. We had so much fun, but you know, speaking of a legacy, I decided a few years ago I don't want my grandkids to remember me as somebody who was always cooking or working and, uh, you know, cleaning and so on, um, or making chocolate chip cookies, which we do a lot. But I wanted them to know what I love and what I appreciate. So this year we did music about six weeks before the and reunion. And the little kids learned all the names of composers and classical music. They know more than I do. Well, it was so fun because I just went on Spotify, thanks to my kids showing me how, and uh, picked out 20 of my favorite classical pieces. And then I gave them a challenge and told them I would give them a reward if they could identify the music and the composer and even a little extra reward if they could tell me something different about it. And honestly, it was so fun. Right down to the six, seven, and eight-year-olds, they all knew Star Wars, and they all yeah. knew Moonlight Sonata Wait, and Star Wars Peter is one of your favorite classics. Yes, pieces. John Williams is a wonderful oh, composer. And so that was the easiest one for them. But, um, you know, Peter and the Wolf, which they all know, uh, the Nutcracker, some uh, this Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. I just thought it would be fun for them to, re- to be able to identify some beautiful music. So we had a little test during Grammy Camp just for a few minutes, and we had one granddaughter that got everything right, everything. And then down to the little uh, five-year-old who just came in this year who earned $13, which was really good for him because he could identify a few of them. So now, now I just want to interject quickly, honey, that if you're a, if you're a parent out there listening and you're, you tune in to Ayers on the Road to get parenting advice, and now you, you, you say, oh, they're talking to grandparents today, I think I'll turn off the radio. Don't do that because one of the main messages that we're trying to get across today and in this new book, Life in Full, is that it's about teamwork. And um, if you're a parent out there, here's our suggestion to you. Have a special dinner sometime with your parents, with the grandparents of your children. Maybe maybe have one special dinner with your parents and one special dinner with your husband or your spouse's parents at separate times and share with them what some of your parenting goals are. What are you trying to teach your kids? What are the problems you're experiencing with your kids, their grandparents? What are you, What are your worries? What are your... Uh, things that are good and, and be developed as open sort of teamwork effort. And I think all grandparents really appreciate that. If they, I mean, number one, any grandparent loves to be asked for parenting advice. Now, the problem is a lot of grandparents give parenting advice without being asked, and they do it all the time, and it gets a little, I mean, it implies criticism. It's like, well, when I way I raised you, and, blah, 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 and this kid needs to be more obedient, and, you know, that doesn't go over too well. But if, if you're the parent, and you initiate it, and you say to your parents, hey, here's, here's the th- concerns I have, and, you know, what is your advice? A, that will flatter your parents in a positive way, and they'll be thrilled to share with you what advice they have. And B, you may find yourself creating some scenarios where 
the, the, the grandparents don't just come over to babysit once in a while. They come over to teach a certain thing or to be part of your orchestrated effort to help kids develop certain abilities and certain characteristics and and politeness and, and uh, punctuality and whatever your goals are w- with your kids, share that with your parents and become an integrated sort of a family that is really doing your best collectively to help these little people become the best people they can be. That's a, just a powerful thing. And not, believe us, not near enough families do that. And it's it's such a no-brainer once you get into it, and it matters so much, and it helps the kids so much, and it shares the load a little bit. If you're a parent who's stressed out and, you know, you just can't get anywhere, don't just call your mom and say, Mom, come and rescue me. I need to go away for a couple of days. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe that is what you feel. But maybe a better way to say it is let's have a meeting. Let's work on these kids together. Then you're going to have grandparents who aren't just viewed as the bailout people. They're viewed as part of the team that is trying to teach these children how to be good people. And it also helps your parents to live life in full, to feel like they're contributing and leaving a legacy because your kids will know them better if, as they get in and really help with, with your needs. But getting back to the actual topic of life in full, I, I think probably the keystone of living a full life when your kids are gone and you have an empty nest or even when your kids have come back or whatever your situation is, um, is to have goals and to have a vision of where you're going and what you want to accomplish by the end of your life. Um, Richard, I have to say, is a goal slave, a slaver, um, <laughs> slave driver, a goal slave driver. That's it. Well, I um, drive myself a little bit, and sometimes you, but we we really do both feel you need to have goals. And I'll tell you, I mean, this this will intrigue some of you, and it'll probably put off some of you. But uh, one of the things life in full suggests is that you set a longevity goal. Set a goal for how long you want to live as a healthy, productive person. And some people say, oh, I, I would never do that because I have no control. I might well, get Alzheimer's. I might yeah. get sick. I might have a heart attack. Well, of course. I mean, you never goals are not guarantees. Goals are what you want to happen. And the thing about setting them, I think this is where you were going, honey, is once you set a goal, it starts changing your behavior. If you've got a longevity goal, it's going to change how you eat. It's going to change how you exercise. It's going to change how you think. And goals are, you you said it right, honey, goals are the driving force. And what we find that drives us crazy is that a lot of baby boomers, a lot of seniors, a lot of people who are contemplating retirement, they think, oh, now I don't need goals anymore. That was for when I was younger. Now I can just rest, put my feet up, go play a little golf. Well, that might be part of your lifestyle, but for heaven's sake, you know, 65 is the new 45. You've got another 20 years or more. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to parlay all the experience and all the things you've learned? You know, how how often have you said to yourself, if you're a senior, oh, if only I knew then what I know now. Well, now you do know, and you've still got another 20, 30 years. So the whole message of the book is let's be proactive and let's make as much of it as we possibly can. And we really like to take it in 10-year segments and um, 
it, it is interesting because when I was in high school, I had a wonderful English teacher who taught us a lot. But one of the things he taught us is how to write stories for the newspaper in this case because we wrote the school newspaper in addition to a hundred other things. But um, he said you have to ask yourself in every story these five things, who, what, when, where, and how. And so I went through my life in 10-year segments and 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 tried to answer those questions as best I could. In the book. What, when, where, why, and how. And it really was a great exercise of thinking, what do I want to do? When do I want to do it? Who is important in my life? How am I going to do it? Why am I doing it? I mean, it really is something to consider. And it it does change your perspective. You think, i got to get going on this. It just yeah. it gives you a vision of the person that you want to be now, by Linda, the time I've, you leave. I've got one challenge I want to leave with our listeners today. How much time have we got? Two minutes. Oh, two minutes. Well, I'll, I'll save it for another minute. But just to back up what you just said, um, you know, the old so- the, what Socrates said that everyone's heard a million times, the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, our experience, and it's kind of worrisome to us, is that, you know, people in their 40s are examining their lives. What do I want to do? How, what are my options for the next 20 years, on and on? Too many people in their 60s, mid-60s are just trying to hang on or just sort of trying to get over having to set goals and be proactive. And, man, that is the wrong approach. I just I can't say it strongly enough. Now is the time to have life in full. That's why we chose that title. Your life has never been fuller. And how do you make it the fullest it can possibly be? And the answer is by enriching other people's lives, especially those of your family. Exactly, and and it's fun. It's fun when you think about it. I mean, there are always problems. There are things that come up um, that you don't expect. There are health things. There are mental health things. There are things that just it present itself. But that's part of the interesting part of life because you work through those hard times. So exactly. you now, wrap it up, honey. Okay, here's my challenge. If, if you're a grandparent uh, uh, or if you're a parent, go on Amazon, just like Linda just, just did, and type in, life in full and what you just told us linda is you'll come to jimmy carter's book and then to ours we love how our book turned out it's what colors is it blue and lime green blue and I mean, green it yeah stands great. out at you but look at what you can do on amazon here's my challenge click on the book there's a little thing that says look inside and read the preface to life in full right there on your computer it doesn't cost a penny and decide if this is the kind of thinking that you want to engage in as a senior. And if you're a young parent reading it, take a look on there and decide if that's a book you want to give to your parents for a gift. And so we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Live life in full. Bye-bye. 